Entrepreneur Podcast, the show for the family man who seeks to escape the rat race. So if that's you, you're in the right place. I made this show for you because I am you. I'm your host, Brandon Ryan, and I am in the midst of that transition myself. And today, I want to talk a little bit about purpose and how incredibly important that is to the entrepreneurial journey. What I've been reflecting a lot on this lately, actually, but I was talking to a prospect on a sales call yesterday who really got my gears turning about it in general. And he was telling me about how he is a former successful entrepreneur. He actually went the opposite direction, right? He didn't go from employee to entrepreneur. He went from an entrepreneur to an employee. And now he works this other job and he was on the sales call um, to be potentially become a hypnotherapist for Marissa Peer, which is who I work for doing closing. And he mentioned to me that he's since had other business opportunities come his way. He grew a company in the healthcare space, exited it, and, you know, does well for himself, works now just to basically do something to stay busy, essentially. But he mentioned that He's had people come to him with other ideas and he's never done any of it because, and I asked him, you know, why basically what, what makes you stay where you're at, you know, working for somebody else? Why, can't, what, why isn't going back to being an entrepreneur an option? And he said, the, the problem is passion. He doesn't have the passion for any of these business opportunities that come his way. And that really hit me to the core. <laughs> It really, really did because I'm the opposite. I've really struggled in the past to say no to things. I've gotten a little bit better about it. I've definitely gotten a little bit better about it and committed to sales, for instance, committed to this podcast and the things that I really wanted to do recently. But that was not that way in the beginning. I was a yes man. I was telling everybody that I wanted to do everything, no matter what that that thing was i wanted to do crypto trading bots and e-com and drop shipping and this and that and and it stretched me too thin and it made me really bad at everything and he told me that from the passion comes the vision and from the vision comes the ecstasy and that might sound weird to some people um or maybe you guys can relate but i i could relate to that and what it made me think of actually was a recent somewhat recent event of mine uh, back in February, I went to Grant Cardone's 10X Growth Conference. And at that conference, I saw Gary Brecka for the first time. If you're not familiar with who Gary Brecka is, he's one of the leading biohackers out there right now. Now, if you're not familiar with what biohacking is, it is a trend, a movement, if you will, of people who are playing with their bodies, tweaking things with supplements, with um, cold exposure, with saunas with oxygen therapy, all these fancy things, right? You might have seen a cryotherapy center pop up near you for with all these different names, etc. Very popular among athletes, of course, or more well-to-do clientele, right? But these are people that are using nootropics for memory and mind, etc. They're they're tweaking their body in all kinds of different ways. And now this, in a way, is nothing new, right? This, this is something that people have been doing for literally millennia. They've been trying to figure out how to optimize their body for peak performance for the longest time. 
but we have to repackage it and make it something new and something trendy, something fresh and call it biohacking. That said, though, that said, I do think that there's something there with these leading biohackers, such as a Dave Asprey, who was the founder of Bulletproof Coffee. He's considered the the father of biohacking and maybe the most popular guy right now with regards to biohacking is Andrew Huberman, who has been on Joe Rogan's podcast a few times as a massive audience. I believe he's a professor at Stanford, I want to say. Very brilliant guy. I personally find it a little bit dry to listen to him. I, re- I prefer listening to Gary Brecker or Dave Asprey. But my point is, if you're if you're interested in the biohacking movement and what people are doing with it, check out any of those guys. They're all brilliant, absolutely brilliant people. Now, Gary Brecka is a guy that claims to have a photographic memory. And he used to work in the insurance space, essentially calculating people's expected lifespan. So pretty morbid stuff, right? He would look at medical charts, look at their blood work, et cetera, and be able to tell very accurately that somebody would die around this age and that helped insurance companies calculate the premiums and stuff. And so eventually, somewhere along the way, he had kind of an epiphany, kind of a come to Jesus moment where he realized that he wanted to use his knowledge for good rather than making these insurance companies richer and richer and richer, right? And so that's when he left and started doing his own thing. And now he has very, very popular, rich clientele. Um, The Kardashians work with Gary Brecka. Uh, Dana White, who owns the UFC, is huge, like loves Gary Brecker, is very public about his relationship with him. And there's others, right? And so what happened was Grant Cardone bought Gary Brecker's biohacking company, and they turned it into a franchise. And this is brand new. There's not that many 10x health franchises out there right now. But when I learned of this opportunity, I immediately thought that this is something that I should do for multiple reasons. One is because my first love was fitness. Back when I was in high school, early days of college, I was a personal trainer. I was huge into bodybuilding. I actually competed in multiple bodybuilding shows. Don't tell anybody that. I know that's a little embarrassing for me now, Um, but I loved it. It was my first my first true passion, my first true love, and I was just absolutely obsessed with it. It's all I wanted to do, think about, um, talk about, etc. And so then, you know, obviously, eventually I became a pharmacist. So I am in the healthcare space. And I'm very familiar with the healthcare space. I'm kind of jaded, honestly, with regards to the healthcare space. It's so broken. There's so many problems with our American healthcare, mainstream healthcare system. And that's why I think that increasingly alternative methods of healthcare are getting more and more popular. Actually, one of the first people that I had on the show, Joni Albert, has her own business in nutrition response therapy. It was a very interesting episode that you guys should check out if you have a chance. And she is transitioning out of being a nurse into just doing that business full time, right? So, and it's actually somewhat of a similar thing to 10x health is biohacking business. So I see a massive gap in the market with regards to healthcare, in particular in the primary care market. And what I mean by that is 
our healthcare system today is excellent for taking care of you if you have a massive acute event, something like a heart attack or a broken leg or whatever, something like that, something really bad that happens immediately, but not for chronic illnesses, not for high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, obesity, et cetera. Our modern healthcare system sucks. It sucks for that stuff. It really does. It is not set up to be preventative at all, period. It is a very reactive system. It's something that we have set the expectations, actually, for patients to, to want or seek a quick fix, a pill, essentially. They, when they go to a doctor, they're just hoping that doctor will write them a pill for whatever it is. They just take it, move on with their lives, and they don't have to, to change their lives because it's hard to change their lives, right? And that's what, unfortunately, what it takes to fix a lot of these chronic health conditions like diabetes. You have to change your diet. You might have to change your exercise habits. You might have to change a lot of things about your life. And people, <laughs> by and large, aren't willing to do that. But even when you have a doctor that genuinely tries to counsel patients, to help patients do that, the advice that's given a lot of times really, really falls flat. It's really often outdated. They're not usually equipped to be somebody that follows up with people, inspires people, etc. And so this biohacking trend, this biohacking movement, if you will, has helped a lot of people with chronic illnesses overcome them that couldn't find answers from the modern traditional healthcare system. Biohacking has, and so has all kinds of other alternative health therapies like nutrition response therapy that Joni Albert talked to us about. And so when I was at this 10X Health Conference, I was hearing all these stories about people who were able to get off their blood pressure medications, people who were able to control their autoimmune diseases. And it really piqued my interest because I know personally from working in healthcare how big of a gap in the market that is. If this is something that can address that gap in the market, that's a trillion dollar gap in the market trillion dollars. So it doesn't even if it didn't address it completely, even if it was addressed 10% of it, you're talking about a ton of money, a ton, a ton of money. And right now, as it stands, biohacking in these centers for cryotherapy, for red light therapy, and all this kind of stuff is mostly just accessible for the rich. It's it's kind of an expensive thing to do. Most poor people are not going to be able to, to afford this yet. But I do believe that eventually... And it'll take some time. It'll probably take 10 years, maybe 20, unfortunately, because that's how these things work. But eventually, insurance will start to cover it, just like some insurances cover things like acupuncture or things like chiropractic. Those, those are alternative health therapies that have been around a little bit longer than things like cryotherapy or red light therapy. But they'll catch up eventually. And once that happens, it'll be more accessible to the average person. It'll be more accessible just naturally to the average person as time goes on. Some business models will start as a premium and then have like a trickle down effect. And this is what happened actually with Elon Musk and Tesla when they first rolled out the first Tesla cars. Those were very expensive cars, but they got more affordable as time goes on. Um, and you could talk that often happens, by the way, with any type of tech, any type of technology. And there's a lot of tech that's being used in biohacking. These red light therapy pads cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, but they won't always cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Ten years from now, you'll see them all over the place, most likely. So 
I um I was very piqued with in my interest with this because it really felt like it kind of combined my skills. And what I mean by that is I'm highly, highly passionate, highly interested in business, especially marketing, especially sales that I talk about all the time on this podcast. So I, I want to be an entrepreneur. That is who I feel like I am at my core. That's what I identify with. And so this opportunity to work in healthcare to a degree made sense to me because of my background, being a personal trainer, being a bodybuilder, being a pharmacist. I'm high, I am highly knowledgeable in those, th in those fields, even though that's not what I talk about on this podcast. Typically, I know I've talked a little bit about it today, but I am highly knowledgeable in those fields. And like I said, it was my first love. But being able to combine that knowledge of healthcare and of fitness, et cetera, with my knowledge of business, of sales, of marketing, of whatever, seemed like it was like the the perfect fit. I'm like this is this is what I want to do. This is what I need to do. And so it became a game after that conference of like, okay, how do I raise enough capital in the meantime in order to be able to buy one of those franchises? Because I do also want to be one of the first ones to buy it so that I can place it in an area that's going to do really well. And I think as the years go on, you know, more and more people will buy the franchises and there'll be less places to be able to do that. So I do have a sense of urgency there with regards to that. And of course, I have a sense of urgency just in general in my life. That's kind of what I was talking about in the last short form podcast episode about how I have sprinted a lot lately over the last year or so. I've really gone hard and it's taken a toll on not so much me. Um, I, you know, so I think some people would say it's taken a toll on me because I've sacrificed things to be able to do that, like getting to the gym, which is something that I love, or my social life. I've definitely sacrificed a good bit of my social life. I used to hang out with friends a lot more in order to sprint, right? And I knew that I was doing that. I knew what I was signing up for. But in the last podcast episode, I've I've talked about how I'm trying to change my mindset so that it's more of a marathon and not a sprint. But anyway, back on topic. The other reason why this so much intrigues me, the 10X Health franchise, is because my wife is a nurse practitioner, but she also has a chronic condition. She has ulcerative colitis, and it's something that we've tried all types of things for. We've tried chiropractic. We've, we have tried um, some other chiro um, cryotherapies, red light therapies. We've definitely done the traditional healthcare route we've we've done a lot of different things right and we're always searching for the for the next answer and there are plenty of things to try there's definitely things out there that we haven't tried yet that we would really like to try and we will someday once we have the money mostly because some of these therapies can be quite expensive but for a while there she was on a biologic which is a very expensive um immunoglobulin drug that suppresses your immune system and it worked very well. The drug's name was Remicade. It worked very well. And it scared me a little bit though, because during that year or so that she was on it, she got a little bit complacent with regards to her diet in particular. Like in the past, she couldn't eat whatever she wanted to because when you have ulcerative colitis, like you, you have a very sensitive stomach. There's all kinds of things that, that will bother you. And so when she was on Remicade, that wasn't the case and she was just eating whatever and we stopped thinking 
so much about like what is the next thing that we should try because it almost felt like the, this magic pill, right? This quick fix that I was talking about earlier that allowed people or allowed us to live the life that we wanted to. But it never sat well with me. It always bothered me because we don't know what the long-term effects of taking a drug like that are. Meaning, is this going to cause some type of weird cancer 20, 30 years from now or whatever? The other thing is, it's an incredibly expensive drug. And there is no way, no way we'd be able to ever afford that if it wasn't for the health insurance that I had as a pharmacist, right? And so that posed a problem going forward too, because if I was ever able, if I was ever going to transfer out of being a pharmacist, I needed to make sure that that drug was covered well on whatever new health insurance I moved to. And you'd be surprised how difficult that is to figure out. It is, I'm, this is coming from somebody that works in healthcare as a pharmacist. Pharmacists deal with insurance companies all the time, but it's incredibly difficult to figure out whether or not when you switch from one insurance company to the other, they're going to cover that drug because that's just our modern healthcare. One of the many, many problems of our modern healthcare, right? And so that was a problem. The other problem was, um, basically it stopped working. And I think, you know, at the time it was very upsetting, but I think in retrospect, it was a, a gift from God, a blessing, if you will, because it forced us out of that complacency. So she's very young. She's, old, she's still in her twenties. Right. And when she would went to the GI, the gastroenterologist, they told her that she had the highest levels of antibodies that they've ever seen in anybody to this particular drug. And she had only been on it for like a year, year and a half, somewhere in that range. And so again, very upsetting, but it forced us out of that. And, you know, the next step is just to switch to a different biologic and they have, you know, a half dozen or so that they can switch you to. But the problem is when you only last a year on one of them, what does that give you? So maybe five, six years. And then what, what's after that? That's a scary thought too, right? So we're in this precarious position where we don't really know what we're going to do long-term. So we were forced to figure out something. And so long story short, um, I really believe there is something there in this biohacking space to address her issue. We haven't figured it out quite yet. We've come quite a long way. In fact, she has not been on a biologic since then. She has been able to manage her disease through diet mostly, um, but also other biohacking things like glutathione injections, like cryotherapy, like red light therapy, all these things help her, but they don't completely cure it, of course, right? It's more of a managing of the disease, but I do believe, I really truly believe that there is an answer out there and that we just haven't stumbled upon what it is that her body in particular needs yet. And so that's one of the other reasons why I want to go this route and work in this particular field is because then I will be immersed in it and I'll be able to help my wife. I'll be able to heal my wife. That's one of my major whys. That's one of the reasons why I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to own a 10X health franchise so that I can be immersed in that and be able to heal my wife. On top of that, my wife is somebody whose love language is 
very much quality time. She wants to spend plenty of quality time with me. And that, that's not my love language, right? Um, I'm more of a gift giver. I'm more of um, words of affirmation, like, uh, you know, uh, without getting down that whole rabbit hole, like, I have to learn how to love her in that way, right? And so one of the things that really piqued my interest about this whole idea of owning a 10x health franchise is the idea of working with my wife in the franchise. And I love that idea because then it becomes like a family business and my life becomes much more cohesive. Now it's not a, a, a story of, you know, you go to your job, I go to my job, the kids go to whatever, the grandmas or to the nanny, and then we all get together at the end of the night, we have to tell each other about what we did that day. If you have a family business, there's no need for that because you spent the whole day together. You you know everything about each other without having to like fill each other in or to, or you never have the problem of forgetting to tell somebody about XYZ, which is always my problem, right? I'm very lazy sometimes with communications. I think a lot of men are much more apt to, um, you know, keep things closer to the chest, if you will. And so I love that idea of having that family business and being able to work in the business or, or on the business with my wife. I, ideally, I would like to work on it eventually. I think in the beginning, I'll probably work in it at least a little bit. And so I say all this, this is a really, really, really long roundabout way for me to explain what I talked about in the intro of the episode, the importance of purpose. When I came home from that 10X Health conference, I was buzzing. I was so happy because it really felt like I felt I found a goal, like a really tangible, great goal that I, I wanted to run after. Something that um, felt like it really gelled in terms of answered a lot of the problems in our lives. Whether or not it actually answers her UC problems or not, it still allows us to work together. It still allows me to use the skills that I've accumulated over my life. It still allows me to address a gap in the market with regards to the healthcare system. And so it just made sense. It made a ton of sense for me. And for that reason, I was really happy. I was buzzing. I was peaceful. And I knew I'm like, I just knew like, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is, this, I went to this conference and that's what I was supposed to find out. That's what I'm supposed to do. And I had the sense of purpose. I had a deep sense of purpose. Unfortunately, since then, somewhere along the way, I kind of lost sight of that. I lost sight of the forest for the trees, meaning I got really, really honed in on the how and the when, right? I really want to do this by the beginning of next year, or I really want to um, use sales, or I really want to use e-commerce as my vehicle to stack this cash so that I can get there, so that I can buy the 10X Health franchise. But that's not how life works. What I'm learning slowly, because it feels like I had to learn this lesson multiple times over the course of my life, is that you need to focus on the what and the why not the how and the when. And the reason is because you, whatever you plan is just never going to work out the way that you think it is. And if you're too obsessed with the when and the how, you might miss opportunities that'll come your way that'll make it easier for you. I'm learning that life is a co-creation with God, right? With the universe or whatever you want to call it. 
It's a co-creation. It's something that you need to have a certain level of surrender, a certain level of awareness to see and wait for opportunities to come your way. And that's what I was getting at with that prospect that I was talking to on the sales call. He was telling me that this particular opportunity to become a hypnotherapist for Marissa Peer came to him. It's calling out to him. And he just knew in his, his soul, like he knew that this is what he's supposed to do. Rather than, you know, just trying to manufacture things and run after things and force things. Like you're trying to put a square peg in a round hole type of thing. You're just trying to force it. You're trying to force it all the time and you're hustling, you're grinding and you will get results that way. I, I think most of the results in my life that I have gotten up until this point have come from what I've heard called manufactured manifestation. And it's that idea that you can just hustle and grind and make things happen. And I, and that's true. You know, people do very much. Grant Cardone is a great example of that, right? Somebody that he tell, preaches all the time, massive action, massive action. And I'm a massive action guy. I'm a very motivated, driven, dopamine fueled dude that like loves to just get stuff done, loves to check stuff off my to-do list. And that's what I do every single day. I, I just hustle and grind, et cetera. But there's another method. And that guy, that sales prospect on the phone, I think embodied that very well. It gave me an example of exactly what um, he was talking about. Because I can relate to a certain degree that I think it's that idea of when the student's ready, the teacher will appear, right? You, you got to wait. It's, it's going to be on God's timing whether or not you want it to be or not. And so the whole when and setting these deadlines, setting these goals, while there's something to be said for that, because most people don't even know what they want, the idea of getting hung up on the when is a bad idea. <laughs> it's a bad idea because you're going to try to force it to happen by that, that arbitrary deadline. Or if it doesn't happen, then you're going to be upset with yourself that you didn't hit your goal. And then the how is, is just the vehicle, right? In my case, the idea of stacking cash using e-commerce, the, the getting good at e-commerce is just a vehicle. It might not be my method for actually getting to where I want to go, which is to buy that 10XL franchise. It might be sales. It might be the podcast. It might be something that I don't even know yet, but I need to be open to that. And if I'm so focused on e-commerce or sales or whatever it is that I can't see these opportunities coming my way, then I'm going to make it really hard on myself because the surrendered manifestation route, focusing on just the what and the why is oftentimes more surprising, more fun, a more efficient route. It might take a little bit longer sometimes, but at least you'll be peaceful and happy the whole time rather than just grinding and grinding and grinding and sprinting like I was talking about. And so I think at the end of the day, I've been reflecting a lot lately because if I'm being completely honest on this podcast, I've, I've been at a little bit of a low because I'm just haven't made the progress that I was hoping to make at this point. And I'm trying to still figure out how I get there, how I get to buying a 10XL franchise. So I've been reflecting a lot lately and I've come to the conclusion that one of the most important things in your life is purpose, figuring out your purpose, which can be really hard as a, as a young person. And sometimes you just got to trust that it'll come to you eventually. You can do all kinds of exercises like an icky guy 
or a hedgehog to figure out what it is. Ikigai is the, the Japanese concept of purpose or meaning. Just look it up. It's spelled I-K-I-G-A-I. It's a good exercise to do. But you might not end up coming away from that exercise knowing like, okay, this is what what I'm supposed to do. This is who I'm supposed to be. It would be nice, but it often doesn't end up working that way. And so I think the most important things in life, guys, are purpose and relationships. Focus on that. Figure out your purpose. Figure out your passion. And then never, never sacrifice important relationships. Of course, if there's people in your life that are toxic or whatever, it's completely fine to put some some healthy distance there. But that's the most important things in life is purpose and relationships. So I think we'll wrap it up with that, guys. That's why I, I wanted to talk about this today. I've just been reflecting a lot on it. This podcast actually ended up being a little bit longer than I was hoping. I can't believe I, I've been speaking for almost 30 minutes in a monologue style. That's a, that's a new record for me, at least. So guys, if you're thinking about making the transition from employee to entrepreneur, please join me. Please join me. I'd love to have some some dudes to um, do this with, to be dadpreneurs with. So I have a free newsletter that I'll put in the, in the show notes for you. Please check it out. We got about 150 people signed up for that so far. So I'm thrilled that there's that many people that want me in their inbox. We only send it out once a week. We don't spam you. don't sell your stuff, anything like that. Free newsletter talks about all the stuff that we talk about on this podcast. And we also have a free Discord group. So if you're looking to meet other aspiring dadpreneurs, other men out there that are make, trying to make the transition from employee to entrepreneur, I'll put the invite link for the free Discord group in the show notes as well. I think eventually that Discord group might not be free. Um, but right now, it's somewhat of a small, intimate community, which is a great thing for you guys. So please join us. Please join our community and DM me on, on Instagram, DM me on Twitter. Those are my two main channels that I like the most if you need any help and I can be of any help in any way. And please, if you're thinking about it, do make the transition from employee to entrepreneur and I will see you on the other side.